What causes you to wonder? I mean, we can wonder whether the light goes off when we close the refrigerator door. We can wonder if something we're awaiting will ever arrive. But what, what causes you to stand in utter wonder? Are you ever in wonder at the exquisiteness of nature? A flower, a child, an ocean, a sunset, an insect, the stars, microorganisms. All that reaches back before human knowledge and just keeps going. I think it's a wonder that life is. And that it persists. It's a wonder that after being marginalized for unknowable numbers of years, women continue to rise up. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Have I ever said that before? (laughs) And I think that after however many centuries, oppressed peoples of all descriptions rising up, continuing to rise up is a wonder. The resilience and persistence of the human spirit. Lately, over the holiday season, I guess, um, I've had occasion to watch, see a few things that have really struck me. One was a show called Louder Than a Bomb. Are any of you familiar with that? Wow, okay. It's a documentary about young people in Chicago that do slam poetry. Are you familiar with that? It's absolutely amazing the courage, the vulnerability, the honesty, the quickness, the awareness that these people demonstrate, and most of them come from very difficult circumstances. To see that, to hear that, to witness that a generation or more removed from me is a generation that has exponentially gotten it that much quicker than me. I mean, exponentially quicker than I ever will that that honesty is part of the organic truth. That vulnerability, I had to wonder.
There's another show that's been on uh, called How to Start a Revolution. Are any of you familiar with that one? It was Bob that told me to watch it, so it's okay that he knows about it. <laughs> this is another documentary about one man, one man's vision, one man's realization. He had just a, oh, and realized that if you identify the sources of power, say for a, for a dictatorship, whether it's the army, whether it's approval, the people's support, the army's support, uh, believing that it's uh, endowed from someplace. If you undermine those systems of support in a nonviolent way, dictatorships are toppled. I'm not doing it justice at all. You'll have to see for yourselves. The man's name is Gene Sharp. Gene Sharp is Professor Emeritus of Political Science at the University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth. He just had this very simple, oh, and sat and worked with it for a while, put down a list of things you could do, nonviolent, non-aggressive things that you could do, and a very simple template to follow. A Vietnam veteran came back from the war and decided he wanted to go see these nonviolent characters. He thought they'd be filthy and long-haired and like a lot of us were. <laughs> but when he got, to, he saw a flyer someplace about um, solutions for nonviolence. So he went to hear this lecture. He didn't find those people. He found real normal-looking folks and this very small man, soft-spoken, who was delivering this message, and in it, he heard truth. That man has carried this message, and, and books have, to countries all over the world, and dictatorships are being toppled. I mean, it's gone to uh, Burma and Serbia and Ukraine and... Uh, Egypt, I mean, the list is considerable. It's still working. And it was one man having a clear thought. I have to wonder at that. There is ever wonder. The influence we can have on each other is really pretty unfathomable. Change is the natural state of things, and natural forms are capable 
of handling a lot of change without damage. Something else I saw. There, and I don't even know what the show was. It was uh, but there was a man who was standing in a desert and made a small pile of sand. And he said, you can reorganize these grains of sand in any number of ways, and you haven't compromised the integrity of this pile of sand. It's very adaptable. And then he filled a bucket with sand. You know, the bucket had some bumps on the bottom so that when he packed it down and turned it over, there was a little bit of a sand castle. And he talked about the order that we try to impose on things and how little it takes for that order to fall apart. If you just let the sandcastle sit there, it's going to break down. The wind, the sun, uh, human-imposed order can't endure the way that natural order can. And we do it all day long, <laughs> everywhere we go, trying to create our order or, or navigate systems in, in ways that we have created. But we're still here. Isn't that kind of amazing? As hard as we work to impose our generated order on things and as much time as we devote to it, I really think it's a wonder that humans have survived this long. Juxtaposed with the durability and the sustainability of natural orders, that we seem, with all the knowledge that we gain, we seem to move farther away from a lot of these rhythms and a lot of this information. It seems that, that with the input of new information, we download too. We do some dumping to make space. There's a trade-off. Yet we persist. There is ever wonder. Maybe it's easier for some of us to stand before a sunlit day, bright sunshine, and feel how awesome things are. But even on a dreary day, there's wonder. Look around you. Look around you. The faces in the room. We can, at this point in time, kind of estimate, maybe with some accuracy, they can't prove it by me, the size in, of the universe. 
the age of the universe. These little dots that we are in this ocean that don't even amount to a drop of water in the, in the sea, in perspective, have come to understand some of those things, yet we do not really know one other human being. I think that's a wonder. There is ever wonder. To paraphrase um, an old UU minister, Ralph Halverson, he makes these statements and says, we have religion. I'm going to say we have wonder. We have wonder when we stop deluding ourselves that we are self-sufficient, self-sustaining, or self-derived. We have wonder when our hearts are capable of leaping up at beauty, when our nerves are edged by some dream in our heart. We have wonder when we look upon people with all their failings and still find good in them. When we look beyond people to the grandeur in nature and to the purpose in our own heart. Worship is ascribing worth to worthship. I think wonder and all that it rests in is worthy. And worship. We can call it what we want. I'm quite comfortable calling it God. We ache for understanding, yet with somewhere around 6,500 languages in the world, when we try to describe it, words fall short. Whatever we feel most profoundly defies our ability to articulate it, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And aren't those the things that are most most worthy? There is ever. <laughs> 